Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,366. Consistency, intensity, and belief. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from McPherson, Kansas, Francis Abate. Love that last name. Francis, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. After 25 years in sales, consulting, and business development in the defense industry, Francis Abate decided to reinvent himself by going to McPherson College. He returned to school to pursue his passion for automotive restoration and preservation. While in his second year of school, he is the vice president for the CARS, C-A-R-S, club, facilitating fellow students' involvement in a variety of activities involving CARS and fundraising. Francis is focused on craftsmanship skills and sheet metal, restoration, trim, upholstery, electrical systems, and woodworking. A few of his projects include a beautiful Jaguar D-Type race car, that must be fun, a 1953 Mercedes-Benz 300S Cabriolet, and a 1951 Mercury Coupe. A lot of diversity there in the cars you're playing with. Over the years, Mike has been active in community service and the International M100 Group, a Daimler Mercedes-Benz sanctioned club. So Francis. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career, this change in your life and these careers, which I love, and your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Well, as you said, I reinvented myself after 25 plus years in a business career. And it was just a time where I felt like I was not having as much fun as I would like to anymore. And that at this stage in my life, it was time to do the best I could to make that more fun again, make that life, make that passion, make that every day something interesting, new and exciting. And because I have an interest in cars, I thought, well, well, why not? And McPherson College helps facilitate that by offering what they offer in terms of providing that education and uh, giving me a kickstart to what I envision as a second career. I think this is great. And this is really important because a lot of people get into careers 
And like you, they're into a career for a long, long time and they feel like this is it. This is what I've got to do forever. Sometimes they kind of trap themselves financially a little bit. They've got mortgages, kids, they're responsible for a lot of things and they feel like I can't take that risk or I haven't created that runway, maybe a financial runway to make a rapid change like that. So I think this is going to be an interesting and inspiring story that we're going to share today and something for everybody to kind of ponder on and say, what if, what if I could do something different? What would it be? What are the obstacles I have to remove? So we're going to get into that with you. But first, I want to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Francis, take the wheel. Sure. It's it's three words. It's consistency, intensity, and belief. And that comes from a tattoo that's on my wife's left arm. It was the result <laughs> of us beginning to uh, participate in triathlons in 2011. I like that. Now, I understand, too, your wife made a change in her life at the same time you did. Is that right? She did. She uh, Her name is Ruth. She went to school first and, and received a master's degree in integrative health and nutrition. Very cool. Ruth, that was my grandmother's name. Great Excellent. name. I love yes. that. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, tell me a little bit about how you've incorporated that quote, that mantra, into what you're doing now and how you're changing and evolving your life. Well, you know, there's a lesson to be learned in terms of persistence. And so the consistency, the intensity, the belief you have to have in order to be able to persist and to work through the ups and the downs that come with everyday life. And and certainly changing direction into a new career is very scary. And it's it's a financial commitment. It's a mental commitment. It's a physical commitment. So I use that mantra and those types of positive energies to propel myself forward and, and, and reach my goals. Now, you're a more mature fellow. Let's put it that way. I'm not <laughs> going to call you old because you're definitely younger than I am. So that would put, make me ancient. But let's just, <laughs> let's just say, uh, you're, you're a more mature fellow. And I would imagine that you're surrounded in school, maybe by mostly younger people. How has that dynamic worked for you? The younger people have been extremely kind to me and, and I've, I've made some very good friends who are in their twenties. They're the age of my kids, but you know, there, there's all levels of maturity in that age group. There's all levels of skill, but they're all there for the same reason I am. And there's, uh, there's just some wonderful friendships and relationships I've developed. And it's, you know, it's like I'm one of them. I really don't feel that much different working and going to school next to these guys that are in their teens, twenties couple of them in their 30s and 40s. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine, too, your maturity level, you have some things you can share with them that can probably help bring them along that they haven't experienced yet or grown into yet, perhaps? Yeah, perhaps. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, offer advice or, or any kind of guidance if not asked, but certainly there are, there are times and there have been situations where I've got a friend and they've asked me something or, or we're just working together. And it's that type of thing where I think, my guidance is, is perhaps helpful or what I say is helpful, but it's, uh, it's not cer- certainly not something I try to try to push or offer on anybody. If they ask, I'm, I'm happy to share that with them. And, and hopefully that's helping them. But it's also helping me being next to these young guys and, and knowing that I have to have the stamina to, to do what I'm doing. To compete with those guys. I'll remind our listeners, I had Amanda Gutierrez on the show. She's the vice president for historic automotive restoration at McPherson College. And a man I become friends with, and she's introduced me some some of the great students there at the school. In fact, last year during Car Week uh, in Monterey, I got invited to a nice breakfast, and they had three of their young students there 
uh, to get up and speak. And I was really impressed with their maturity level, their vision, the future, and also what these three young, in this case, three young men, what they were doing uh, along with their school courses, very aggressive in a positive way, very forward thinking. So I, I think you're surrounded by some very, very talented people and some really smart people. I would love to go back in time and have you share a story that instigated a passion that you have for cars. I'm guessing that before you made this change in your life, you were a bit of a car guy. So what was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed car enthusiast? Well, you know, I was a bit of a car guy. I always tinkered, you know, from being a teenager and having my first car. But along the way, responsibility came up in terms of marriage and kids and financial obligations. So those things came up. And and while I always enjoyed the cars that I that I bought and that I had and that I drove, it took a back seat. So really, it wasn't until 2012, maybe not as early as what you might have thought, but 2012, I went to the McPherson College Summer Institute, which is a series of adult classes, let's call them that, given in the summertime by the instructors in all the disciplines that the college teaches. And when I went to two weeks of class there, I came back and I said to my wife, I have to figure out a way to go there. I have to figure out a way to get into this profession. And so that, for me, that was the pivotal point that you're uh, asking about. Very cool. I love that. A big change. I would imagine your wife sounds like she's a very supportive person. I'll tell you, everyone I've had on this show, whether uh, they're married to a woman or a man, or maybe both, have had a strong partner in their life. Maybe both. I probably shouldn't have said it that way. That sounds a little odd, doesn't it? Well, I think you know what I mean. If a man's married to a man or a woman to whatever, your partner, let's call me your partner in life Absolutely. Uh, or, or the person you're married to. Boy, that was a foot in my mouth, wasn't it? That's okay. It's all I love good. It. Yeah, it's all good. I, I would imagine, as I've experienced with my past guests, is having someone who's very supportive, family members, spouse next to you, is really, really important when you make a major change like this. It is. I believe I'm very fortunate in that we have that type of relationship and commitment to each other. And so being able to have the same goals and, and being able to communicate what our goals and, and interests are has helped facilitate that. And, and that's that's absolutely true. There's no question about it. I, I don't think I'd be able to do this without her. Yeah, very cool. Well, let's talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way. And the reason I like going into this area is what did it teach you? Because so many people that have been on my show love making mistakes and failures because it means they're trying new things and they're learning th- new things. So walk us through one of those situations in your life and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career choice, your business, and your life. Right. Well, boy, there's so many. I, I think I've learned from a lot of challenges and, and mistakes, perhaps. I mean, going back to what I mentioned about uh, starting to participate and compete in triathlons in 2011, you know, one challenge was being able to do an open water swim. It might sound simple, but when you go from the pool to the open water, you feel very vulnerable. I remember being out there in our first open water swim with my wife and we looked at each other and we said, what are we doing here? Yeah, what Is are it? we doing out here? Yeah, There's I mean, no pool edge to grab onto. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I literally felt like this, was, this may be a mistake. Of course, we, we, we persisted and we, and we participated in triathlon ever since and done open water swims, many of them. So that, that lesson in facing your fear and then overcoming it somehow or another, whether you're talking yourself through it or talking to another person applies to any part of my life, including business. And, yeah. uh, and I've had those challenges in business as well. 
I'm kind of going back and reminiscing here. When I was young, I grew up in Southern California and I wanted to start surfing. And my mother said, that's fine, but you've got to go to, they had what's called a junior lifeguard program. And it was for kids. And so I was just, I think I was end of like sixth grade or something like that, seventh grade, pretty young. And we spent a week and a half on the beach learning all sorts of things from water safety to CPR and so forth. And of course, swimming and being strong in the ocean. And one of the things you had to do to graduate and get your patch on your very cool red shorts that looked just like the lifeguards wore on the beach was you had to go out to the end of this pier and jump off the pier and then swim back in and then swim back out and rescue somebody who was pretending to be drowning and bring them in. And I remember the anxiety of jumping off that pier. It was pretty high, and but it was kind of fun. And then once I got in the water and I turned around and looked at how long away the shore was, <laughs> I think I had the same feeling you had. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah, you can, re- you can relate then. That's exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah, this is crazy. But you know what? Like anything, you just put your head down, you start clawing at the water. And uh, make your way back to the shore. So, uh, yeah, you brought back a a terrifying but fun memory for me there. So, thank you. I did get my patch, by the way. So, I thought I was pretty pretty proud of that. So, that's great. And actually, actually used those skills uh, many times rescuing people in the surf uh, that were in trouble. So, I was always happy to be able to to do that and actually did CPR and a few folks too. So, uh, yeah, that's an important life lesson for sure. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. Is there a car in your life, a first car that you got that you were really fond of, happy with, and maybe share a memory you have about that ride? Absolutely. You know, I didn't own it very long, but in uh, in high school, we found a 1966 Chevelle. It was a two-door coupe with a 283 cubic inch V8 engine. At the time, I didn't really think much of it. It was a little old ladies car that was for sale at the Exxon gas station. I think it cost us $350 at the time. Yeah. and you know, as I look back, of course, with the value of American muscle cars and two-door cars in particular in this country, yeah. I'm sorry I don't have that car anymore, but it was, it was a fun car to have. It was a fun car to own and a car that I'd like to have again someday. That's what really got me started and interested in, in cars and, and tinkering on them. Yeah, Chevelles are cool. Love Chevelles. Well, is that the car that's your seller's remorse story, the one you kind of wish you had back, especially now that you're learning how to do all these things to old cars? You know, I, I, at the time, it wasn't really seller's remorse, but there was another car I, I came to own, and I, and I had to I had to let go at one point. But it was a it was a '65 Pontiac Catalina, also a two door, and I don't know if it was a coupe or a hardtop. It, it was it must have been a hardtop because there was no post, there was no B pillar, but it was a it was a one owner car, an older gentleman, low mileage, and that's a car that I had I had to give up, but I would like to have that car back as well because it was a beautiful style, and it was. Again, a two-door muscle car that today is probably worth some money. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Bonneville, those were fun. Those are cool. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited and fired up about this change in your life and about your experiences at McPherson College. Also, maybe explain a little bit to people listening out there that don't know a lot about McPherson because it's an incredible place. It's, I think, one of the very few schools where you can get a four-year restoration accreditation, a car restoration degree in the country. So uh, what is you excited and fired up about what you're doing right now? And what are your future visions with this new career path you're looking at? Right. Well, those are, those are, all, uh, those are all big questions that present a scary, scary uh, future <laughs> for me, no doubt. Yeah. So The talk ocean about, is big, my friend. <laughs> yes. Going back to the water scenario, it's, it's definitely big. And, um, you know, I graduate in December. I'll, I've been at McPherson College two and a half years, but I get my four-year degree as a result of 
having general education requirements taken taken care of through my associate's degree that I transferred in with. So in December, I entered the real world. And as you mentioned earlier in my introduction, I'm interested in the coach building aspect and the hands, hand craftsmanship of the industry, sheet metal, woodworking, and trim and upholstery. Uh, I've also taken, taken a... Uh, Taking a liking to electrical because it was something that I was never very good at, the mathematical side of things when I was younger. And so the electrical thing has me a little bit excited. And in fact, I've, I've started to repair some gauges and some clocks on my own as a result of taking the advanced electrical course last semester. And I, I was thinking about doing that, trying to develop a little business there to start some income and, and, and to t- kind of get started and get me propelled into this business to be prepared for when I graduate as some level of income and uh, being able to start slowly and move into that development of all those skills that I mentioned. Absolutely. How would you describe your experience that has been at McPherson for those people that, again, may not know about it or might be thinking about going down that path? Yeah, right. Well, I would highly recommend it. I mean, as you said earlier, there's there's a lot of people that perhaps want to make a change in their career or, or should make a change in their career and they don't know what to do, but it's challenging. It's, it's a financial obligation. It's a, it's a mental obligation to physically pick yourself up and move there. However, if you can, if you can find the means to do it, I think there's, there's a demand in this industry for these skills. And that's the whole reason McPherson College exists in my mind. And the reason that I anticipate not having trouble succeeding in this industry, because if you do your due diligence and you do an honest job for somebody, I believe you're going to find work. And so from that standpoint, uh, people maybe could be less fearful for entering their career in this, uh, in this path. Yeah, exactly. If you could do anything once you graduate, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? If I could do anything when I graduate, money wasn't an issue. Well, I, I, I think if I could do anything, I'd hope to have enough skills in sheet metal fabrication and uh, in coach building to just do that to just focus on that alone and have enough have all the equipment that you could want hand tools and power equipment to facilitate doing all that coach building work that would be that would be like a dream <laughs> absolutely yeah all that equipment and uh space and all that that's always the big challenge i think for any company is growth into the space requirements the people requirements the machinery that kind of thing but uh uh, you know, it's all doable. I've had hundreds of fabricators and uh, people who have chosen this path on my show, everything from one-man shops to very large shops like Bruce Canapa, who if you've never visited his place, you got to go see it. It'll blow you away uh, there in Scotts Valley. Uh, he actually was uh, uh, one of my guests on my Cars Yacht television show. We had so much fun there. We made two episodes, a part one and part two, because there's so much candy there to see. It's just absolutely incredible. And the level and quality of restoration work that they do there is absolutely phenomenal as well. And plus, cars they work on are like the coolest cars ever. So uh, that's a great combination. Well, I wish you the best of success. This is an exciting future you have going into 2020. A little daunting like anything new is, but I have no doubts there's going to be some success here uh, with your uh, mentality, uh, your state of affairs, and uh, the background you're going to get from McPherson College, I think, is going to propel you into some greatness. So. What I look forward to, Francis, is having you back in a few years on the Car Share Podcast and see where you've gone. I think we'll have some fun. So I'm going to give you that invitation now and come back in a few years and tell me what you're up to. How's that sound? That sounds great, Mark. Thanks so much. I look forward to it. You're welcome. So Francis, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Car Share sponsors. 
When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, we are back, Francis, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you were a vehicle, if you actually woke up tomorrow manifested as a car in a garage, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Francis be? And more importantly, why? Well, you know, the, the vehicle I've chosen, Mark, is a Mercedes-Benz 300D turbo diesel, the W123 chassis. And the reason for that is because they're steady, reliable, and they're there when you need them. And I feel like, I feel like that's who I am and uh, who I strive to be. And one of the, one of the quotes that I found about that particular car is that it is, one of the most it is built with one of the most reliable engines ever built. So that's what I see in far in terms of the car that I might be. You might be. You know, I like that answer. And there's a, a commonality here between you and another past guest of mine, JG Francis. He owns a company called Mercedes Motoring in Glendale, California. And he was another one I went and did a Cars Yacht television show with. And his show will be coming up in our season two in the fall. What he does is he takes those old Mercedes from the 70s and 80s, those workhorse, rock-solid, really nicely built Mercedes. He finds those cars that are in really good condition. He refreshes them, he cleans them up, and he resells them. And so maybe I should introduce you to him because he's created a very interesting little niche out of his passion for that mark and for those old Mercedes Benz and the cars that he has in his shop are absolutely stunning and just beautiful. And actually, it kind of rekindled my fascination for them because they were kind of just a workhorse. 
back in the day when I was a kid, they were in Europe, they were taxis, a lot of them, <laughs> you know, but they'd go a half million plus miles uh, with no problems. So uh, yeah, you'll, I'll have to introduce you to him and you can kind of look at what he's created because uh, he's created a really neat little business creating cars. And I've got a friend who's bought several cars from him, uh, my good buddy Bill here in the Northwest, um, some just gorgeous, gorgeous Mercedes Benz. And I got to ride around in one while we were there and crawl all over those cars. So uh, I think that'd be a good guy for you to meet. That'd be super, Mark. That sounds that sounds like a wonderful experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, you know, in terms of the new career that I'm entering in this business of res- restoration and preservation, I've been told you have to remember it's a business. So if you're going into that business, it is a business, even though you might be looking at it as a hobby and it's all fun and games, it's it's a business and it's not always fun and games. And you have to pay attention to that. You know, that is probably the most important advice you could have received because Many people who are craftspersons that are really good and skilled with their hands, this could be a mechanic, a fabricator, an artist, um, a photographer, they sometimes forget there's a business tied to that and their business acumen sometimes may not be as well honed as their craft. And uh, that's where I think the importance is for them to reach out to people, especially people in the same industry and say, how have you handled this? How do you handle bookkeeping? How do you handle... Uh, payroll? How do you handle hiring and firing people? How do you handle facilities, parts distributions, resales, taxes, the <laughs> government getting in the way of you trying to create a business? I mean, all this stuff that you kind of forget about. So that is very, very good advice for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I'm going to say resiliency, because whenever I've encountered a challenge or things have been down versus up, I've remained resilient and I feel like I, I've had to remain resilient in order to overcome and, and move on. And that's because that's what I choose to do. I choose to move on in life and make things better. And so I think the word, the word and the, and the habit is resiliency. I had a guest on this show that said, a young woman who said, I make a goal every January 1st to fail 100 times in the new year. <laughs> and yeah, I laughed like you and I said, okay. Wow, that's quite a goal. I mean, that's a little different than most people's uh, New Year's resolutions. She, she said, it's because if I'm failing, I'm trying things I've never done. And from every failure, I've learned something. So at least I know this new year, I will learn a hundred new things. I think it's a wonderful way to look at it, don't you? I, I do. I do. Well, I was laughing too, in part, because I think I don't make that goal, but I think I, I, think I achieved that goal. <laughs> I think I have failures without making the goal. <laughs> yeah, don't we all, for sure. How about a resource? Is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you found very helpful? The best thing I come up with, I think, and again, in terms of, of the greater subject matter here between you and I today, is that if, uh, if somebody's interested in this profession, take a look at McPherson College Summer Institute, and that provides a resource and a path potentially to what you might want to do as a hobby later in life or earlier in life uh, or a new career or just, just an educational experience that you won't get anywhere else. Yeah, great resource. Amanda Gutierrez is smiling right now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Now, if I could aw- arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Well, you know, I had a chance to meet uh, Donald Osborne recently because he was a guest at the college uh, annual car show. And uh, I would like to sit down with Donald Osborne and have a have a more intimate conversation. 
He was uh, extremely nice, extremely friendly, extremely giving in terms of information and sharing. And so I would like to spend more time with him and learn and gain more about what he offers and just just develop that relationship. Yeah, Donald, uh, I've known Donald for a long, long time. He's a good friend and he's a past guest here on Cars, yeah. In fact, the day we're recording this is the day after the Forest Grove Concours. Donald is a mainstay there. He's also an opera singer, so he always sings uh, the national anthem at the beginning of the show, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, People will know him from being on the Jay Leno show. He's the guy with the bow tie who's the evaluator. And he's just a very, very open, friendly, fun guy to be around. So uh, maybe I could arrange that for you. Uh, We'll connect you and Donald so we can (laughs) sit down and have a meal. Look forward to seeing uh, seeing him more as uh, my career proceeds and moves forward, especially with the TV show. Uh, but he's a great guy, so perfect person to sit down and have a meal with. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? You know, th- this was a tough one because I'm not a big reader, but but there have been a couple. I- I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on a friend of mine in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, who who talked me into triathlon training. She's a uh, professional cyclist, a former business person. Her name is Amy Charity. She wrote a book called The Other Side of Comfortable. And while it focuses on her career and transitioning to becoming a professional cyclist in her 30s, it's a very inspiring book and a guide to doing what you love and doing something at a later stage in life, perhaps. I would highly recommend it to folks out there. Very good. You know, nobody has recommended that book before, so I'm glad when I get new books recommended here. And I'll remind our listeners, There's a place on my website called Guest Recommended Books. It's up in the menu tab under Resources. You can go there, and all my guests have recommended really great books. You could fill a whole library with their books, and I made it really easy for you to find the books. Just click. takes you right to Amazon. You can grab the book right there. Uh, That's an interesting one. I think I'm going to get my hands on that, too. That sounds like I think every time we get on the other side of comfortable in our life is when good things happen. Uh, Sometimes not as apparent right up front. (laughs) Uh, but definitely, uh, better things happen because again, it means that you're, uh, failing forward, I guess, if you have a failure as part of that, or you learn something, uh, which is pretty darn cool too. So, uh, very cool. I'll remind our listeners again, you can find all these great resources that Francis has shared with us on the Cars Yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Francis Abate. I like saying your last name, Francis. A B A T E is how you spell Abate. I like that. A little Italian flair in there. It's very cool. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but of course, there's always rules to serious games like this one. One is you can't sell it to buy a whole shop full of equipment, so if you pick a Ferrari GTO, no, I'm not going to outfit your shop. You're going to be stuck with it. Wouldn't that be a nice thing? You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here, and it's the only one collector car you can have, so what's it going to be? I think I've I've uh, I've settled on a a car that is definitely a driver from a manufacturer that definitely builds driving cars, and it's a Mercedes Benz 600 limousine, but it's the Landolet. So it is a partial convertible, long wheelbase limousine that was made most exclusively for heads of state and various characters that that lead various countries around the world back in the day between the 60s and the 80s. They didn't make many of them, but if uh, if you were in a position to buy me one of those, Mark, that would be the car I'd settle on. You know, nobody's ever picked a car like that, a majestic vehicle like that. Yeah, I'm sure some dictators and, 
and rulers of very nefarious countries <laughs> drove in those, and maybe some good guys did as well. Uh, but they're pretty uh, incredible cars. I mean, those things must weigh like 8,000 pounds or something like that. Uh, they're huge. Now, I'm curious, of all the cars you could pick, why that car? Well, I happen to be involved in uh, the International M100 group. I, I ah, own, a, that's I own right. a 6.3. So the M100 series of cars is is a series of cars under which the 600 limousine falls. Yeah. So yeah. That's, those are that, the big boys. Those are, yeah. So I have some familiarity with those cars, not the Landolet in particular. If I had to choose, that's that would be the one. That would be the one. Very darn cool. All right, Francis, will you take me on a great ride? And when you take me on a ride in that Landolet, I'm going to be sitting in the back, sipping a cup of tea <laughs> or something like that, enjoying the drive. You'll have your chauffeur's cap on and say, where would you like to go, sir? And we'll go wherever we darn well want to. That sounds like a fun thing. Or vice versa. I'll drive you around. How does that sound? That sounds great. Pretty, I look, I look yeah, forward to it. Be pretty cool. Well, I want to thank you for sharing this new journey in your life, it's absolutely fantastic. I love the way that we're going to inspire some folks listening today to make that change in their life. Go do something different. Uh, I've had many guests who've done just that. So uh, those of you out there who've done that, you know who you are. So put a big smile on your face. Uh, another person here, Francis, is doing just the same thing. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset and that Mercedes-Benz 600 limousine Landelay? <laughs> You know, my, my only advice would be to make sure whatever you're doing, you're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with you? Well, they can they can find me on Facebook. They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm open to email or phone calls anytime, anywhere from anybody that's that's interested in chatting about life or about cars. Very cool. And on all of those, are you just under your name, Francis Sabate? I am. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Awesome. I'll make sure I put links to all those on Francis's show notes and page. He just opened the door and invited you to talk with him about his change in life. If you're thinking about doing something like that, reach out. I think Francis will give you some great inspiration, some help and guidance on how he's tackled this path in life and this change in life so that you can uh, do something as daring and bold as Francis has done. Francis, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. That's great. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks so much. This has been fun. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!